Welcome to episode number 72. I'm Dan Edwards and welcome into a Greater Dayton, powered by the Dayton Business Journal and Pivotal Media, LLC. You know, here on a Greater Dayton, we highlight our hometown heroes who inspire, entertain, and inform. And this episode, I am so excited to share with you the 54th Mayor of Dayton, six years in the House of Representatives, then a state senator, a radio host on WDAO in the House of Funk Chronicles, licensed funeral director, chairman of the Montgomery County Board of Elections, and now you've reached the pinnacle of of your career as esteemed guest on a Greater Dayton with Dan Edwards. (laughs) I love it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to introduce the incomparable, the unflappable, the unstoppable Ryan McClan. <laughs> Hello, Dan. How are you? This is a wonderful opportunity to be able to share with you on this uh, wonderful day. Wow. I'm just winded, you know, kind of setting this up. I mean, you've done so many things. I, I thought about that on my way over here. I said, gee whiz. And, it was, and, I, and I was just asking God to say, God, yeah. what should I do next? I said, I've done everything that I never thought I was going to do. The two <laughs> things that I ever wanted to do, I never did. And, and what it was, the, yeah. which was to be a child psychologist okay. and not to have any children. That's the only thing I accomplished. I don't have any physical birth children, but I have lots That's of exactly children. Right. And so... Um, those were the things I thought about doing, but right. uh, it, it, the good master and my father had other, uh, other had another direction for That's me. Right. And, all right. So, of all the amazing things you have done, which makes you most proud? Wow, that's difficult because each category has its own specialty. Um, you know, having doing the Korean War uh, memorial in Dayton was very important. To, to me. And I did that with the, the late Senator Merle Kearns mm-hmm. under the late uh, Dick Zimmers that we got that done over there off of Riverside. Mm-hmm. So that, that was kind of special uh, in honoring the Korean War veterans. Um, the other thing that as, you know, as a House member, I introduced a lot of legislation that was way ahead of my time. And so, you know, that's one of the problems about being a visionary. I can understand how Walt Disney felt. He had the money to make it happen. But I just was a visionary that, you know, trying to live in today and you're seeing tomorrow. And and so, you know, I had legislation that I introduced on a lot of uh, but it's just now starting to come to flourishing, uh, mm-hmm. such as uh, child abuse, animal abuse led mm-hmm. to, leads to child abuse. Interesting. And uh, I wanted uh, at uh, I introduced legislation at that time to that to make the penalty for a person who abused animals to seek counseling. So, um, but the animal rights people, all everybody was saying, you're making this harder for animal abuse than you are for children abuse. But the fact is, if you go back to the Jeffrey Dahmers and all of them, you would find that they all started out on animals. Wow. Interesting. So, I mean, that's one of the things that mm-hmm. I introduced, but I didn't get to happen. As a state senator, I was, um, well, as being the first African-American female elected state senator, the, I did a lot of firsts there. And, um, but serving on the Correctional Institutional Inspection Committee, which was started by my dad, that uh, was able to serve there for like 13 years. I've served on that Mm -hmm. prison committee. And that's probably one of the proudest things that Mm -hmm. I've done because every once in a while I run into an inmate that has come out and he'll say, you know, you saved my life or or, or, thank you. uh, That um, 
And I think those are the kind of things that you champion issues that maybe they aren't what you call sexy issues, but they're impactful issues. And, and, and that's where I generally focus. I generally focused on constituents taking care of the people, you know, with their needs and trying to care for them. Because uh, I see in today's government, it, it's too me and not enough you. And so we, we need to get back to the citizens being the number one. And as mayor, what did I do as mayor? Well, you know, let me see. Mayor. The thing about mayor was all the things that I did and sent money down to the city, I got to see uh, it actually work, such as even down to the, the baseball, uh, the Schuster Center. You know, we sent money from the state down. So those are kind of things like, wow, we really did something. Because yeah. sometimes on the state level, it's kind of abstract. You know that you're doing things, but sometimes you can't see them actually working. The The one thing about being mayor is where the rubber meets the road. And, um, you know, if you tear down a house or clean up a street or fill up a pothole or you, you do, some, you get to see the immediate gratification. But if you really do the job, it, it, it's hard work. You have never taken yourself too seriously. No. I mean, how many people have the confidence to wear glasses with one round lens and one square lens? Where did that start, by the way, with your glasses? You know what? I, I went to, um, I've always had a creative spirit in me with no talent. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm not an artist. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a dancer. I'm not a musician. But I've always appreciated the creativity. Mm-hmm. And even my classmates tell me, even when we were in high school, that I was just unique. So I go to I1, so they get a plug here, and I, I'm, I'm in there and I'm looking at all these glasses. I'm going like, you know what? People are talking about you anyway, you know? And, and one of the things that my dad used to say, if they're talking about you, then sometimes you need to help them. Give them something to talk about that you, that, that you initiated. And when I saw these circle square glasses, I said, that's it. That will become my signature. These circle square glasses, because you got to pay attention to me in order to know. So that's, that's how that happened. Oh, I love that. That's great. Well, and then I had, wait a minute, I had a motto at the time. The motto was, at the time I said, Dayton is well-rounded and you can get a square deal. Did you put that on your letterhead? You no, know no, 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 no. <laughs> I love that, though. Well, thank you. you know, now, even though your father was a pioneer in politics, I mean, you, you've remained grounded. Did your father, C.J. McClendon, teach you that? Oh, yes. My, fa- my father taught me that, that we always lived in the community. I lived on top of the funeral home until it fell in on me, and then I had to move. But uh, you know, I grew up in the funeral home. I lived there mm-hmm. most of my life. But, but every time you look out the window, you always are able to see that there's more work to be done. You never can reach that comfortable position that if I was living in a Kettering or somewhere else where everything was perfect and I drove into the issues, I live with the issues. And, and he always said that the most important thing that you ever can do is help someone else. And if you can remember everybody that you help, then you haven't helped enough. And one of his, one of his things that he always said was opportunity never comes on a clear day. And that is so true. You got to have 
discernment to see it. Because if opportunity came on a clear day, everybody would see their opportunities, correct? But if it comes on a cloudy day, you have to have that gut that says, I got to keep moving forward because there's all these bombardments that block you from doing it. You're also an avid walker, I understand. I do. Yes, I'm an avid walker. Um, I call it the urban gym. <laughs> and, you know, it's so funny. Sometimes you come out, most people now are starting to recognize that I do the urban gym. But at the time, when I started doing the urban gym, people would say, now, I'm not, you know, I'm familiar with a lot of the gyms around here. I've never heard of this one. I said, it's right out your front door. And, you know, either you have a suburban gym or you have an urban gym. And if you're paying taxes and your gym fees are paid. So, <laughs> therefore, <laughs> you can just walk all over. And, I, and you'll have people that come and walk with me. Um, just recently, I had a young man named Joshua uh, Jacob. Jacob came and worked with Jacob Worms. Um, Bonnie Baker over at uh, Grandview came and walked with me. Uh, Jasmine Brown. I mean, I've had a, uh, the young black uh, professionals have come and walked with me. The JLAG girls have come walk with me. Then I just have, and they say, well, how do you do this? And I said, well, what you do is that you text me and say, are you walking today? And if I say, yeah, then I'll tell you where to jump. Even Judge Logan has walked with me. Oh. You know, so, I mean, we're just out there um, and seeing. And it's nothing like the urban gym. Nothing like the urban gym. Because you see the birds, you see the trees, you see the people, you see lots of different things when you're out there. And then a lot of times I give them a little history if I'm in a certain area. Mm -hmm. Just like uh, Jacob, one day we walked all the way over to the armory on Gettysburg. <laughs> And, of course, he's young. He don't remember. There was an armory. You know, he said, what's this bill? with well, the Navy still. Uh, and he, I was saying, what a great place that might be for homeless people or mental health because it already had barracks and things. I mean, you got to use that creativity. But it's just been sitting there on Gettysburg. Mm -hmm. And then we walk up to see the Trotman Memorial. And then in the back of um, the food base, the, uh, where the food bank is, there's a big old apple made out of silverware and and you know but you don't see these things unless you're in the urban gym you got to be walking and you know looking around because there's so many gyms i like that urban gym concept are you feel like a modern day disciple walking along with 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 your with your followers well you know no it, it was so interesting is that so many people out there still remember me and they remember me from when I was mayor and I did mayor's walks. They re they, but they know I've been walking all the time. I remember one time when I was mayor, a lady saw me walking. And, and No, she saw me get in my car. She said, you know what? I didn't know you could drive because I always saw you walking. Oh. So I tell you what, with the gas prices going up like they are now, being able to walk is not a bad thing at all. <laughs> <laughs> and you've met some really interesting well, yeah. You know, one day we were out walking and we came across um, Omarosa and we're, you know, we're walking and we look in this window and it's like, that looks like Omarosa. Omarosa's looking out the window saying, that looks like Ryan McLean. And <laughs> come to find out, we were down there with Sheila Jackson. Omarosa and Sheila Jackson were roommates at Central State oh, and yeah. she was in town for some Central State events. So we just had a great family reunion. And then a few weeks, uh, not just recently, we were at a drive-thru. I stopped by to say hi to the person that owns the drive-thru. And lo and behold, Dave Chappelle drives through. 
So the, the moral of the story is you never know who you're going to run to, run into in the urban gym. You were spotted working in that drive-thru. Oh, too. and listen, I enjoyed that. I, it, it, it was Rutt's drive-thru. Okay. And uh, over, over on Gettys, over on James McGee and Second, which isn't far from where I live. And so I took a friend, I took uh, Dave some food, and I was all dressed up. And because I went to have dinner at Roost, and the guy that was supposed to meet me for dinner stood me up. So I get the food. So Aww. I'm saying, oh, Dave, I know he's working hard up there. Right. I say, so I said, I'm going to take him the food. If I take him the food, he's shorthanded. I said, I'll help you. So I got on my little hat. I got on my little glasses. I got my little dress. I got my purse hung over my shoulder, and I'm working these cars. And it was so much fun. And, and somebody would look at me, and they would say, are you? And I would say, yeah. And I keep on going. <laughs> And you shared with me your motto, which I love. It says, don't move, improve. Well, my motto is, you know, you don't have to move to live in a good neighborhood. You just need to make up your mind that the neighborhood you live in is good. You also said uh, it only hurts when you care. Sometimes we want more for folks than they want for themselves. Sometimes we want more for our communities than our communities are willing to do. And we don't see a lot of compassion out there anymore. Which brings me to my next point. Um, I normally don't do politics on this podcast, but uh, but I have to ask you this question. What would your father think of the current state of the political world? You know, I was just, it's so funny. I was talking to Penny Tips, and her daddy, Paul Tips, and my father were really good friends, and Vern Rife and all of them. So we were just having this, uh, what we call this heavenly conversation mm-hmm. of what the guys are Uh, would be thinking up there in heaven as they're looking down here saying Mm. that the Joe Shumps and all of them are going like, what is going on here? Well, one of the things that we know that term limits really had an impact on state governments. So people are only going to serve eight years. So they have no vested interest in tomorrow. They only have a vested interest in what they're going to do next. That's an issue. And then when they uh, did the United with the money that made the party stronger than, than the candidate. So the parties control the people. So it's very hard for them, for an individual, to, to beat the system as you get higher up. The other thing that is very crucial is that they're not teaching civics in the schools. They're not, it, it's basic things. Where do you learn about government? Why is it important? And democracy right now is at a very fragile stage. And if we do not change our attitude and our direction, the democracy that you and I, Dan, experienced as kids growing up, it won't be there anymore. So let's look at that. We, we have an opportunity to voice our opinion in the form of elections, but yet we have such low voter turnout. I think the reason why we have voter turnout, low, first is civics. There's so many mixed messages that are sent out there about when to vote, how to vote. And, and, and one of the biggest problems that you have is that after coming off a presidential election with millions of dollars spent in the news and on the media and posters and mailings, okay, here comes like a, a little gubernatorial election. You got county commissioner, you got county folks running, mm-hmm. some judges running, um, some congressional people who run every two years. And the money's not out there because they have to be, they have to use their money judiciously. 
And people were thinking, well, I didn't know there was an election going on. Uh, we hear that all the time at the Board of Elections. You know, 360,000 people plus are eligible to vote in Montgomery County. And, I mean, we have less than 20% that showed up. So what does that mean? Well, a lot of people don't want to show up in primaries in the state of Ohio because you got to declare your party. You got to say, I'm either a Republican, I'm a Democrat, and if you're independent, you only get to do the issues. So a lot of folks don't want to show where their head is mm -hmm. or where their values are. So they generally move to the general election. Well, I must say kudos to the Montgomery County Board of Elections, which you had. I worked the polls uh, this past uh, primary, and it was as seamless, as smoothless, as organized as anything I've ever been involved in. Well, we really, we we work we pride ourselves. Uh, Montgomery County prides itself uh, working uh, together to make things good. I mean, we, there's other board members with four of us: mm -hmm. uh, two Republicans, two Democrats, and Tommy Routsong and Eric Blaine and Kurt Hatcher and myself. So, if uh, we try to be four zero. Or zero all the time, and to show that there is bipartisanism, and that we are there only for the best interests of our voters. So I really enjoy that because it reminds me of when I was in the state house, where the Republicans and the Democrats got along, and yeah. that we just saw elections as the business, and after the elections, we went back to doing the work for the people. Yeah, that leadership that we're talking about. And, and to that point, as an adjunct professor at Central State University, how do you get this message through to your young adults there? Well, you know, I have to, and when, when, as, when I'm able to, I take them on an urban gym. I take them on the urban gym, let them see the community, let them smell the community. Mm -hmm. and, and it's called, uh, Abner Org used to say this, and I took it, he smelled the sidewalk. And you need to smell the sidewalk because then you can understand where people are. And what I try to teach my students is, why do you vote? If you don't vote, don't complain. If it's religious reasons, I accept that. But if there's just because, oh, my vote doesn't count. Well, I tell like when I lost my election, um, all those who felt I was going to win and didn't vote or, you know, so, I mean, I make it real. And the, the mayor of uh, Trotwood won her election with five votes. So that, does your vote count? Oh, yes, it does. And I think that's the thing. Not only we, when we talk about voting, we talk about being an educated voter. You, you want people to represent your interests. That's, who, that's why you're voting for these people to represent your interests. But not only do we vote for them, we as citizens and voters need to hold our representatives who we, ch who we choose accountable. You had a great analogy about how your students, you tend to share with them that they're like a newspaper. But it, what, what I try to tell my students is that, and it's about role modeling, it, that every day that you wake up, you're a newspaper article. And what is your headlines reading? Is it a good headlines or is it bad headlines as you go through the day? And then onto the street. You don't know who's watching you and what an impact. What kind of story are you writing during the day? And so that's why you should be very, very conscious of what you do and what you say, because there are folks watching you that you didn't even know. So you never know who you are impacting. Just like I talk about verbal ecology. I tell my students about verbal ecology. And verbal ecology means you don't cuss. 
You know, if you talk, ecology is the cleaning of the earth. Verbal ecology is the cleaning of your mouth. And that, you know, little kids, they don't cuss. They repeat what they hear. You know, you constantly need to be a role model at all times because children and other folks are looking for role models Mm -hmm. and how you carry yourself and how people think of you. Uh, It's all done. That's that newspaper article. What story are you writing? And to follow up on that point, I saw a statistic the other day that said only 22% of the American black family has a mother and father component in the household. How do we address that issue? Well, I mean, institutional racism uh, is so real. and, and And I'm always amazed that we as black people live as long as we do under the oppression of racism that we have to deal with every day. But if you think about it, in the percentage of African-American men, they're in, the, they're, they're in prison. So that's another institution that is keeping the family separated and also the, the recidivism that comes from it because of the labeling of being an ex-con. And also number two is the fact that of all the teachers in Ohio are white. So a lot of our young people don't even see role models in their day-to-day school life. So when we're talking about the African-American family, so many things have come into play to separate us. And one of the the biggest ones was integration. Integration had a tremendous impact upon us because it scattered us. It left the white community kind of intact because... When I say scatter, it left us from a community that our kids had to get on the bus and go to another community, whereas the white community could stay where they were. They still didn't want to do it. They moved out. But but the fact is, it disrupted our families, mm-hmm. our community. Well, what's the future hold for Ryan McLean? Well, I, you know, I, I think that uh, at this point in time in my life, I'm probably looking at Woodland Cemetery <laughs> as, my, as my ultimate goal, you know? <laughs> well, we all don't get out alive, that's for sure. No, no, no. You know, one of the things I was telling my young people that first another day, I said, you know, there's no difference between me and Elon Musk. And they said, well, how? And they said, well, what is it? What, 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 really? I said, oh, yeah. I said, he has a house. I have a house. I mean, this might be different than mine, but... Yeah. I said, he has a car. I got a car. I said, um, he goes to the bathroom. I go to the bathroom. He has to eat. I have to eat. And at the end of the day, he's going to die just like me. So, you know, there's no difference between me and Elon. (laughs) Well, I don't think he has circle square glasses, though. No, no, no. And uh, the glasses I have on the day are called flat tires. Well, you have always been a very interesting character, and I, I've appreciated you through my days of following you and, and your work. Uh, it's just great to have you. I wanted to ask you a question, and I don't mean to get all mushy with you, but as, as Dad looks down on you, what do you think he's thinking? Well, he, well, first of all, he's probably thinking she's still a girl. Uh, <laughs> you know, because, I mean, I grew up in that era where right. girls were oh, not yeah. were not the ones, you know, because I was just as shocked when he chose me more than— probably anybody else because, you know, girls just weren't seen as the uh, legacy carriers. Uh, I think that one of the things that uh, with him, when I went skydiving, uh, because when I was in college, I wanted to go skydiving, but I was too young, so he would have to sign for me, but he wouldn't sign. Mm -hmm. So when I turned 50 years old, I started skydiving. And I've been skydiving ever since. And I would go like, now this is the closest I'm going to get to you, Dad, to say hi. 
as I go down. And, and, and I, so I've, I've, be, I've always had an adventurous thing. And he looks at me and he probably shakes his head. And you know how God answers prayers. And my prayer was, and I saw him when he was sick, he was elected, and he died in office, really. You know, my dad died. And I asked God, I said, God, you know, you never know how he's going to answer your prayers, but he answers them. And I said, I don't want to die in office. And so I lost that election. So, you know, that was God's answer. So, so to have another life. So where I am today is that I don't need to be a queen or a king. I want to be a queen and kingmaker. Mm-hmm. I want to leave the legacy on to others while I'm here. And I think, you know, and you got the people like the Margaret Peters who's gone on that were such a legacy. And, and so that a legacy is lasts longer than a building because a building can come down But if you are planting seeds to be sowed, that legacy will last a lot longer than any building. Right, I ask all my guests on a greater date, and this final question, how do we all make it a greater date? You know what? Um, Tony Hall said it best when he met with uh, Mother Teresa and all the poverty that's around. And he asked her, he said, how do you handle this? You know, I mean, it's, she said, you deal with what's in front of you, and you make that better and keep moving. And that's how we should do it. And you live that life. Man. I do. We'll see you out there on the sidewalks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right, it's been an absolute treat to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, Greater Dayton is powered by the Dayton Business Journal. Find out why over a million people each month rely on trusted reporting from the Dayton Business Journal. Subscribe now for in-depth team coverage found nowhere else but in the Dayton Business Journal. I do not start a day without the DBJ. Ooh, hey, that's a new tagline for you. All right. This has been a Pivotal Media production. Pivotal Media, integrated marketing, public relations, commercial, and, of course, podcast production services. We can help you with with everything. PivotalMediaLLC.com. Moving your marketing in new directions. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. As we now have progress, Pivotal Media's workforce development and engagement campaign called Be the Essential. Find your future, not just a job, as we're going to be highlighting the many benefits of career tech centers and trade schools throughout our region, as well as the many benefits of colleges and universities. And uh, that is continuing on now for the next year. So you won't be able to get away from hashtag be the essential for more information. Be the essential.com. Well, I'm Dan Edwards, and as always, man, thank you so much for your interest and your time. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there, and if you need some connectivity with the mayor or former mayor, if you will, then check the show notes. And I urge you to tell others about a Greater Dayton podcast. Like and share it. And to all those listening abroad, thank you for doing so, and thank you for still caring about the Dayton region. And we'll continue to keep you updated wherever you are on this globe. And by the way, you can binge listen to all 72 episodes, 72 episodes of great news. Good stuff happening here in a greater Dayton. And that's available to you on Spotify. Now it is time for you to go out and make it a greater Dayton.